Send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, The devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people. His alarm system. His tornado signal. His air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Welcome to the Graceful Warriors Podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then, warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, hey, welcome everybody to the Graceful Warrior Podcast. How are you all holding up out there in spite of what Israel is going through? Hey, our prayers and our hearts go out to them. I am committed to prayer until they raise that flag in victory. Amen. The The battle belongs to the Lord. And um, as heart-wrenching as it is with the women and children and the babies, the elderly, God still sits on the throne. And you could say, you know, well, how can you say that? You know, because what what the enemy means for evil, God will turn it around. We have to have faith. Don't let your faith falter. Stay close to the Lord. Stay close in his word and just know that God is in charge. All right. And with that being said, I hope the rest of your week has been off to a great start. I had just been so busy this week. It seems like the month of October is just speeding on ahead. It's it's just 
it's weird. It's just going full throttle on me. Um, I have done coming out on Friday. So stay tuned, you guys coming out on Friday. I'm doing, I did a small deep dive into the whole Hamas and Israel attack on that. Let me just get this one out of the way. I did a, a little bit of a deep dive. I, I turned around and I started looking at the prophets because I know that God says that he doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his prophets. And so I thought, okay, social media is hollering this, that, and the other, and it's the world's view of what's going on. And we're not supposed to listen to that. So I had to turn around and say, what are the prophets saying? Because the Lord God Almighty will reveal it. And as I did a deep dive, I started to find out some of the true prophets out there have spoken about this from back in, from Kim Clement all the way forward to present day, Hank Kuhneman, and just big names like that, that we know that are on fire for the Lord. So that gets released Friday. Um, Friday, I think, I think Friday morning. So um, watch for that one, and that'll kind of give my perspective on it and what I have learned in, in a little bit of the research that I've done on that. So let's get down to it. Uh, we are on Chapter 3 of Lisa Bevere's book called Girls with Swords, and I hope that you have enjoyed it. Um, last week, we talked about the weapons as far as the Word of God, praise, prayer. We talked about that. And the week before, we looked at the fact of the realization that you have been targeted simply because you chose God's side. You decided to give your life to the Lord. And it's quite daunting to go, okay, I'm marked for an attack by the enemy who I cannot see, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird, creepy thought almost. I mean, nobody gets excited when they hear that they're marked for an attack. But as you should know, you are not normal. And what do I mean by that? Well, basically, you're an anointed daughter or son of the Most High God, the creator of heaven and earth and of all things seen and unseen. So that right there, that statement right there alone makes you a potential threat to the enemy. And for some of you vets that are out there that are listening, you know that the battle is real. For Christian believers that walk in faith, that are strong in their faith, they know that the battle is real and the stakes are high. Maybe you haven't done anything yet. And remember, we have talked about Sarah Connor in the Terminator movie, the past couple of, of studies that we have doing. And Sarah Connor made the ultimate statement, I haven't even done anything, when Arnold Schwarzenegger came to get her and take her to a safe place in the movie. And she's like, whoa, wait a minute, I haven't even done anything. I'm just trying to live my life. And the protector, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he comes in and he says, you haven't done anything yet, but you will. It's the same thing as what our angels and God Almighty says about us. You may not do anything just right now, but you will. 
And so our journey towards becoming a hero begins when we simply grant God permission to have his way. And that right there is like a big statement because a lot of us seem to have a hard time with control. We have to have those reins or safety in having those reins in our hands to control life. You know, nope, I want this job. Nope, I want that car. Nope, I want this house. But right now, it seems like our hands are tied with the way everything's going in the economy. We have no say. We, you know, we're forking out more money on groceries. We have to be very careful on what we spend. There is no more running to the movie theater every weekend over the summer vacation when the kids are home. So our movie, our, our movies, our hands get tied. And control is taken out of our hands, and we don't like that as, as, a, as mankind. We like to have, be able to have control of our lives. But are we really in control even though we think we have the reins in our hands? Well, as I began to look and as I began to do this study in chapter three of Lisa Bevere's book, I realized some things. And we may know this, the things that I'm going to bring up, but it's it's something to actually, do we really know? Do we really understand? Do we really comprehend what the word of God is telling us? or? And are we letting it sink in of who God says that we are? See, just as our lives are a gift and the story that we are in is is also that gift, we open it up by our faith. It's taking that step out and going, okay, I'm going to let go of the reins. And let Jesus take over. Like the song, Jesus take the wheel, right? It's allowing God to take over. And then with that, we don't have to figure out our our hero qualifications or even try out for the hero role. Simply put, it's like God has already written us into the storyline of faith heroes that are out there. And then to even think of the epic proportions that we're going to go through and triumphant proportions filled with the miracles, the battles, the wounds, the, the signs, the wonders, the praying, the worshiping, the slaying of the giant that's in front of us. I mean, I'm ready to go, aren't you? <laughs> so In Romans chapter 4, verse 2, and I'm going to read this from the message book, and I do not endorse the message book as the solemn word of, of the Lord by any means. It's an author that took God's word and wrote it as he saw fit for his life and published it. It is not the word of God. But when I looked at this, I was like, hey, wow, that's pretty good thought on Paul's verse. So reading from 
Romans chapter uh, chapter four, and it's in uh, verse two. And I'm going to give you the NIV version first. And I have the NIV version. For if you listen to me for a period of time, you know I like to use the NIV uh, Bible. It's just easier for me to continue with the flow of the episode, the, the flow of the show, the flow of the show. There you go. <laughs> All right. So whatever version you use, stick with it. Like I've always said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? All right, so Romans 4.2 in the NIV, it says, If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. All right, now, when I look at the message The author gives it into a different perspective or a better, not better, but an interesting perspective. And he goes on to say, same scripture reference, Romans 4, 2. The story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good, you know, to... How did this relate to you? What did you hear Paul say? And the author says, this is what I heard. And I just thought that was like so cool. And, you know, it was it was like, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you and say, what is your definition of a hero? What would you say? Could it be the Superman, Spider-Man, maybe Wonder Woman, you know, somebody that does something courageous, heroic, right? Um, Something of valor. Well, when I looked up the definition of a hero, it says a person who is admired for courage. They have outstanding achievements or noble qualities. And I was like, that's it? I mean, like, what about a conqueror? What about someone that has, like, a history of winning? What about that? Because we know that the Word of God says we are more than conquerors to Christ who loves us, right? I was like, well, wait a minute here. And so I had to grab the ultimate weapon, the word of God, and said, now, what is a hero? And here's what I found out, guys. You ever feel like sometimes in the middle like of our journey in life, and we know what the word of God says, we read the stories of Esther, and Ruth, and Deborah. Like, I'm in Judges right now. I just started reading Judges. And so I'm reading about all of those heroes right now. Samson, Gideon, Deborah, all of them. And to me, it's like, wow, these guys are heroes. These women are heroes. How could I ever measure up to that? And we tend to say that. I'm not good enough. Or... I'm not a strong enough voice. 
amongst giants. I'm just little old me, just living in my lane. I go to church, I read, I pray, and I'm just staying in my lane. And we look at maybe you have a favorite performer or you have a favorite pastor. Either you go to that church or you listen to them online. You know, maybe you have a favorite author. And I was even there this past week. And many of you have known that I've gone ahead and stepped into another part of ministry. And I've, I'm stepping into this where we're talking to ladies that have been abused. And uh, my best friend, it just seems like she's further along in her walk than I am. And sometimes I, I went through that period where I felt unequal to the task. You know, it's just like I started going back into my own thoughts of going, what can I say? What do I have to offer these people? But I knew that it was the enemy going, see, you're not worth nothing. But I know what I have inside of me. And that's what I had to remember. I mean, honestly, do you think that like Jeremiah thought he was going to be a hero or Deborah? Samson, Gideon, did you ever think that any of these people that that they went through those same type of thoughts? Who am I to say that? Who am I to go do this? I mean, Gideon was like and one of the tribes that it was like they were less than all the other tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, he was in the least of the tribes. And he even said that, who am I? I mean, Moses, Moses had a stuttering problem. He was like, I I can't do this. Who am I to go before the Pharaoh? I'm slow of speech. Esther, she was a Jewish girl. What was she doing up in the kingdom and the king's palace? If they didn't know that they were heroes in their days, well, we're no different, are we? We can be the same way. But God has already written you and I as the hero in his story, in the his book of faith. That's what we have to look at. You don't need to be anything or have some kind of gift. I mean, David, he was a shepherd boy. Your testimony to the world that needs to be shared is filled with the battle, major battle for your life. It's filled with scars of the hurts and the pains and the the tears that you went through. And the ultimate victory where God reached down and grabbed hold of you and pulled you out of your, your pit of despair, your pit of death, wherever, wherever. And from wherever he pulled you from, he rescued you. That's an amazing story that needs to be told. The hero is you in the story and the glory. Well, that goes to Almighty God. And, you know, they say Abraham, 
as we read it in the word, they say, meaning the word of God. Abraham was the father of all nations, right? He was the very first hero. We can read about all that. You have the list, the the faith chapter, Hebrews 11, the faith chapter of every single person that God decided to list in there. But did you know that he was the descendant of an idolater? Somebody that worships something created by their own hands? And yet Abraham was the first hero that God listed in Hebrews. Did he let his past become him or disqualify him? No, he didn't. He answered the call. He was obedient to the Lord. So now, let's look at Romans 4 and same same scripture reference. We're going to go to verse 3. And it says, what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. All we have to do is believe God. And guess what? You're written into his book as a hero and the journey begins. Amen? So, now that we know this, the question to ask now is, are you ready to do the same thing? And if so, then it's time to step into that hero uniform to grab your cape and be the hero God has written down for you and me to be and take up the weapon of faith, which is the word of God. Letting God have control ultimately allows his spirit to work in us. And what we cannot see, he releases. And the adventure of the hero begins. So, what is a hero made of? Well, we're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to give you a list of what a hero truly is. And we'll be back right after this. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining our show today. I just wanted to take a moment and say that I have a special announcement to make. I'm proud to say that our show is now sponsored by Patriot Mobile. Yes, it is. It is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Patriot Mobile is a company that shares our values and supports the causes that we care about, such as honoring our veterans, which you know is near and dear to my heart, helping first responders, and defending our constitutional rights. You need to learn more about Patriot Mobile and their amazing offers. You can visit my website that is with them. It is patriotmobile.com forward slash graceful. Or you can call them. And don't forget to mention this show, Graceful. When you sign up, you'll get a special discount. They'll remove the activation fee from the bill right off the bat. So check us out and remember to put in the code graceful. Now, let's get it back to today's topic. 
All right, all right. So Patreon Mobile has now added a benefit, you guys. They have Patriot Mobile prescriptions, 605 of the most prescribed generic medications for free, free prescription medication. And all you have to do is sign up with them and there is a list. And if you have medication needs and you're not able to do it through Medicare and through your insurance, hey, this should be an incentive to take a look at Patriot Mobile. And you could do so by just going to their website and putting in that code GRACEFUL. All right. So I have come up with four things, and there is many more. But as I was doing this study in uh, Girls with Swords, I had to narrow it down for time's sake, right? Or we'd have gone into an hour and a half and you guys have lives. <laughs> so as I started looking at this, I was like, okay, what are the the ones that I can really take out of here and expand on? And it was really cool. As I started writing these down, I looked down the line. And I saw the word SASS, S-A-S-S, SASS. I was like, what a way to remember this. And I was like, SASS, like sassy. I was like, you know, every hero seems to have some type of a SASS to them, right? They're just sassy. (laughs) And so as I went and looked at Hebrews 11, and looked at Lisa's book, here's what I've come up with. In order to bring about the hero within us, we have to have substance. And what is substance? It's something that is solid and and tangible, right? It's that we can touch it or feel it, or it's a solid and tangible presence. And so I thought, well, Is God a solid and tangible presence in our life? Is he that present in your life? And it's hard because, see, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we don't always see God. There's no cell phone to dial 1-800-GOD, is there? I wish there was. That'd be great. I think he'd be on the phone all day, every day, all night, talking to everybody as he does now, right? But is God present in your life? Are you making him number one in your life? Are you not just going through the motions that it's real? Are you getting up and you're seeking the Lord while he may be found? Are you getting into his word and are you soaking it up like a sponge? Because you never know. There is an attack on the holy word right now for the Biden administration to try to strip the word of God from us. They're already talking about rewriting the word of God. And so we have to know it. They will never be able to strip it from us if we hide it in our heart and we soak it in. Well, with substance comes attitude, right? 
Do you refuse to live according to fear and walk in faith with a heaven's perspective? You know, it's it's it goes back to the faith verse again of I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. We can't be moved by what we see the Biden administration doing or what the attacks that are coming on us. We can't be moved by what the enemy does, but we have to be moved by God's hand and say, I will not be shocked. I will not be moved from the solid rock, which is my foundation, which is Christ the Lord and stand on that. And no matter what happens, the winds may come, the the storms of life may come, but my foundation is Christ the Lord, and I will not be shaken. It's having that attitude. With attitude comes seizing the moment. You know, there are times when it's time to stop running in fear and being afraid and and. I've heard so many stories and have emails this past week where people are like, well, you know, I'm afraid to be alone at home at night because they're just, things happen. My phone will ring and nobody's on the other line or, you know, it keeps just tapping on my door and there's nothing out there. Or I just feel a presence in my house it, and they don't want to go to bed or they don't want to be in their house. And you're just like, Hello. Stop living in fear. Seize the moment. Turn around and face it and say, God has not given me the spirit of timidity. And start quoting the scripture and start, and you have the power and authority to deal with that spirit. It's a spirit of fear. It's an emotion, but faith is an action. And then on top of that, my most... One of my most favorite ones, besides that attitude, is to be superhuman. You're like, wait a minute, Monica. Look, we live in a real world. There's no cape that we can run around and go flying with. Ah, contraire, mon frere. Let's take a look at this. Open your Bibles to Psalms 16. And I believe it's verse three. Yes. Psalm 16, three guys. And it says here, I say, and this is David. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Now, Let's go over to Zechariah here in the Old Testament. Zechariah is the last book of the Old Testament before, right before we go into Matthew. And we're going to go to verse uh, 6. And it says, this is, um, this is the angel talking to Zechariah. And he says, so. He said to me, which is the angel speaking to Zechariah, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 
So see, it's it's not by anything that we have. There's no super cape, no. But it's being that superhuman to go, not through my own works, not through my own strength, but only through the spirit of the Lord can we defeat the enemy and stand victorious. Because see, the world doesn't understand that. They look at us as we're crazy. And it is actually standing up for the word of God and knowing not by might, nor by power. There's nothing. We can't do it in our own works. There's no no power to, to call on as far as like, you know, I've got to have this super card or this, I have to sit there and do tarot cards or, or anything. It's only through the spirit of the Lord. That's it. And so, that is my sass. That's how I remember it. Is it substance? Is God in my life? Do I have the attitude to go, I'm not walking in fear anymore. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world may do to my physical body. God says not one hair on my head will be burned, plucked, singed, whatever. And he's not talking about the hair on our head physically. Because, you know, all right, we got to be honest here, guys. Some of you just don't have much up top, <laughs> right? And yes, us ladies are thinning out or we've got that salt and pepper hair. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about our spirit. Not one hair will be lost, will be burned, nothing. He's talking about our spirit, man. And so, as I looked at that, I was like, wow, I like this. That gives sass to have substance, attitude, and seize the moment and be that superhuman. Amen? All right. Well, as I was looking through this, some of the notes that I looked at through Lisa's book, there was times where I'm just like, wow, I can't say it really any better than that. And so here I wanted to read an excerpt uh, from her book. And um, this is in chapter three. And she says, this is right after she, um, she even gives the reference of Zechariah 4, 6. And she says, our hero status is not dependent on our human might or power, or even our human spirit. It comes from the power of his spirit. That's pretty, that's pretty bold right there. And it's rightly true because of the fact that, I mean, you or me were, were called to be transcendent or, or superhuman. It's a time where we've got, we, we have to act the part. You know, well, not really act because there's so many times where people will say, well, she doesn't act like a Christian. And so I've got to take the act back and say, we don't need actors. We just need people that will stand up and do something. And that's what I mean by act. So life in the spirit means that we no longer 
give way to like base actions or emotions that'll tether us to our own strength and striving, right? Because we'll mess it all up. Nor can we allow the enemy entrance through our actions. We have to rightly discern what our actions are going to be, how we're going to respond, not through emotions, but through the word of God and to keep our emotions in check. We have to be cool, calm, and collected and respond how the Holy Spirit directs us to respond. First Corinthians says this, First Corinthians 3, 3, it says, For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Now, wow. Talk about, are you behaving in a human way? So see, we are actually called <laughs> to be superhuman. Acting human isn't large enough to steward what is inside of us. Don't you agree? I mean, we actually behave in a superhuman way when we eliminate jealousy and strife from the equation of our lives because it dims the light within us. I mean, when I think about that, I'm like, okay, my husband isn't saved. And if I continue to argue, how does that keep my my light burning on fire? I have to be the light to my husband to show him that there is a difference. And it's not bowing down to the husband in, in that respects. It's actually bowing down to, to the Lord and saying, even though my flesh wants to rise up and yell back or fight back, that I'm going to obey the Lord and I'm going to listen to what he has me do in this particular situation. See, we actually, we supersede the fleshly norm by choosing to walk in one accord with the Lord. I mean, when you think about it, superheroes are like, they're able to help like the endangered and the frightened, you know, because they understand that they answer to a higher power. Imagine that any of us can be a hero in our own strength. Will not take us very far now, will it? God is our power source. And we are accountable to the one who empowers us and who has granted us the privilege of sharing his name. So we actually answer to a higher power, which is the Lord God Almighty. Heroes, they're always brave, is what we hear all the time out there. But are they really? You know, I heard this statement one time. And I believe it was from that from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he says, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is braver just five minutes longer. And that holds true. You have someone that'll just go, all right, enough is enough. I'm doing this. I'm going, I'm stepping out. I'm doing something. I'm not going to go down as a coward. And they do something 
with courage, with bravery, and they fight. All heroes, we could say something more to them simply because they have attached their lives to something larger, right? Joseph Campbell says, a hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. You know, Jesus says that, you know, a friend will lay down, the greatest thing a friend could do is lay down their life for another. And the only one that has done that is Jesus and the soldier. And soldiers don't even know you. Jesus knows you. He knew you before you were born. We have to be prepared. We are up against far more than we can handle on our own. We're up against an enemy we can't even see, right? We have to take all the help we can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over, at the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. And you're like, well, what are all those weapons, Monica? It's the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. It's our shield, which is our faith. It's prayer. It's praise. Those are all weapons. We often hear those words, you know, truth and righteousness, peace, faith, some of the fruits of the spirit, even salvation. They're more than just words. We have to learn how to apply them, and we'll need them throughout our lives. God's word is an indispensable weapon. It, it will never rust. It will never break. We will never have to bring it back and sharpen it because it will never, ever go dull. In the same way, we have to look at prayer as the same thing. It's essential. It'll... It'll never be dull. It'll always be sharp because it goes straight to the source, God Almighty. God says that he, he turns his, his ear. He's attentive to the, to the prayers of the righteous. But the prayers of the wicked, he doesn't listen to. He turns his head from them. It's an, prayer is an important thing in warfare. Through prayer. We are lifted up. We are encouraged. We have to pray for our brothers and sisters, even for, for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Pray for our brothers and sisters within the body of Christ. We have to keep our eyes open, keep each other's spirits up. The verse that says iron sharpens iron is encouraging each other. You know, when when I fall down and... And I'm having a rough time to get through this battle, through the attacks of the enemy. There may be a, a, a sister out there that has gone through the same thing and can say, you know, this is what I did. This is how I got through it. Or these scriptures really helped me. And to be able to help each other and pray with each other. That's what we're supposed to do. And so as I... As I tried to sum up the book and, and take a look at what she was saying, I looked at her points that she had in, in her book because she made a lot of significant points in her chapter. And I was like, wow, 
she's right in these. And she said, we ultimately know that God is strong. And he wants his sons and daughters to be strong. That goes without saying. His weapons are supreme. Like I said, they'll never rust. They'll never break. With these weapons in hand, nothing the enemy throws at us will ever knock us off course. If we have God at our side and we follow his path, we have to understand that we are in a spiritual battle between life and death. We have to guard our soul with everything we have because the enemy is seeking for a moment that he could sneak in there and attack. We can't do this in our own human strength. No, we learn that real quick. Not by might, nor by power. And all of the fruits of the Spirit that I listed, and even truth and and righteousness, salvation, they are life applications we have to keep right there in our hearts, close by. This is what we're fighting for, for truth, for righteousness, for peace, for faith. And we have to remember that prayer is not optional. It is something that we need to get up and do every single day because we can't make it on our own. Remember, every hero answers to a higher power. We answer to God. These, and many more I'm sure you can think of, they're timeless elements. And they have the power to win the battles that are immediate and will also defeat the enemy in the future. We're in the midst of a struggle between light and dark, life and death, hanging the balance. We cannot turn and run in fear. We have to turn around and face the dragon with the weapons that God has given us to prevail against him. The enemy will rage, and he will wage war against all of us, you guys. But he will not win, because we possess swords forged in fire. These swords are heavenly swords. Can you imagine taking taking an, an M9, taking... You know, your 40, your AKs, your ARs, or whatever you have. Can you imagine taking that and going and seeing a demonic spirit and just unloading a magazine? What would it actually do? Not one thing, will it? It's, it's just, you're going to be shooting in the air in the trees. But if you were to take up the sword that was forged in fire from a God in heaven from the only God in heaven. Whoa. The damage that you would do. So face forward. Stand your ground. Lift your sword. And let the enemy see that hero face of yours. Stand your ground. And remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, hey, 
That's all I have for today. That is chapter three, my notes from Girls with Swords by Lisa Bevere. And so until next time, remember Isaiah 43.1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And until next week, have a blessed one. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey of constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate. And share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits abound.